0: Click, a small group of people with shared interests or other features in common who spend time together and do not readily allow others to join them. This week, we're talking about church clicks, those things that keep people huddled up in the corners and keep you out. We talk about the gossip associated with them and how they're killing the church and what we can do to stop it. It's a good one. Check it out. This is The Reckless Pursuit, a podcast crafted and created to dive deep into what it looks like to be a follower of Christ in a modern-day world. We span topics across the board to seek out truth and to gain a deeper understanding of one another, to find common ground and answers to life's hardest questions.
1: We all have a story and a struggle, a calling and a conviction. Together, let's take a hard look at ourselves and effort to view what others see so we can be the best reflection of Christ possible. I'm Cody. And I'm Elaine.
0: Now, let's get reckless. Hey everyone, welcome to The Reckless Pursuit. This is episode 12, and this week Elaine and I are going to be discussing church cliques. That's right, the segregated groups you see huddling around in all the different corners of the local church Almost like little sororities or fraternities that you have to go through all of that crap to get involved in. And when you finally do, how dare you give up your seat to someone else? But before we get into that, just a quick word about this week's sponsor, Cedar Temple Trade Company. They make awesome apparel, awesome home goods. They're getting into a lot of cool stuff up in the future. Definitely keep an eye on them. And they have an awesome promo code for you at the end of this episode and in the show notes below. You can get that. It gives you 20% off any single item purchase. So it's an awesome promo code. Check them out. at Cedar Temple Trade Company. You can find them at cedartemple.com. Also, just a quick little announcement before we get going here. If you enjoy the show so far or along the way, if you realize, hey, this is pretty cool, be sure to go up there and hit the subscribe button wherever it is on whatever player you're listening to. Maybe drop a review if your player uh, allows you to. It helps us out, it helps us keep in contact with you, and we appreciate it a ton. So with that, we're going to go ahead and dive right into this topic of church clicks. Here he goes.
1: So basically, last week, we talked about church hurt and the differences between church hurt and God hurt. And after researching it a little bit more, um, one of the leading problems, one of the leading causes of people leaving church and getting hurt by church is actually church cliques and not finding community.
0: Yeah, and I think that actually got mentioned uh, when we were talking with Mark that church cliques were kind of one of those things that may lead to church hurt. And so I think it's a great thing to go ahead and talk about and get out in the open. And I'm sure it's something we're going to probably revisit because it's a very big problem. So what does a church clique look like?
1: A bunch of people kind of huddled up in a corner to themselves, not really... Talking with any outsider, um, they all kind of even dress alike, talk alike, look alike. Something that um, was prevalent in my youth group was like, that's what it was, is that they all dressed the same way and they all had the similar interests. And if you were an outsider or you didn't dress the way they did, like they wouldn't really invite you to come sit next to them or stuff like that.
0: I want to go ahead and talk about one point within this whole topic before we get going. I think there are good and bad church clicks. Um, I think that the word click can be overused. Um, there are people who genuinely have more in common uh, with certain people in the church. There are people who are going to get along and have friends with certain people in the church more so than maybe other people. I think the problem is whenever it becomes exclusive and not inclusive. Um For instance, there's nothing wrong with people who are musicians congregating toward other people who play music because that's their common interest. It's kind of like a football team or or anything like that. Like You're going to have people come together who share the same interest. That's basically the epitome of a social club. And yes, I understand you could even say the same thing about the church is it's kind of that exact thing is a group of people coming together with a common interest. But within that, there are subgroups. Uh, you're going to have the worship team. You're going to have pastoral staff. You're going to have the sound tech team and the video team. And then you're going to have uh, helps and youth and kids. And And I understand that there's like, there is a lot of diversity in churches. You're going to have people who are really into this type of thing and maybe not so much that. And they're going to kind of naturally draw together. And so I think that there's nothing wrong with having groups of people in a church that naturally draw together because that's part of existence. Well, of and I think
1: that's also the purpose of having small groups and discipleship.
0: Right. right, and and so like, I think that you're going to have, by nature, you're going to have those people segregate. Where it gets to be a problem is whenever you have someone else coming in who may think, hey, I would fit in with this group. This is the kind of people that... I want to be around. But those people shun them because maybe they haven't been through the same... Maybe have, they haven't been there long enough. Maybe, maybe they haven't been there long enough. Maybe they haven't uh, served their time on such and such team. Or maybe, you know, they don't have the right look or the right style or they're not the right age. And that's where things start to get hairy is whenever you start dividing out uh, who you're going... It becomes more like high school drama where you start segregating who you're going to hang out with based on what they're willing to do for the group or what they're willing to um, to, uh, to dress like or to say, you know, and that, that's where it starts getting segregated. Well,
1: and I think that's where a lot of church cliques kind of happen, is in youth group, is in high school and stuff.
0: Yeah, I think there's a big problem with that for sure because that naturally happens in high schools. But I think it also happens in all demographics of church. I think, um, so one of the big ones that I think happens a lot, just personally me saying this, I think that there's a big church click with people in like, quote unquote, leadership or pastoral leadership versus just other people. Um, and yes, I understand they have to commune with each other and fellowship with each other and they have to be close and all that. But I think that there are times where that can become kind of cliquey and, and certain members can almost make the congregation feel lesser than like that the leadership's on a podium and the congregation is below them. And yes, I can come to them with problems and things like that, but for the most part, there is no inside knowledge. There is no there is no just being a normal person. They segregate themselves off as, oh no, we're part of the part of the ministry. You know, we're part of the ministry team or the ministry staff or what have you. And so I think that that's, that can be clicky. I think that youth groups can for sure be clicky. I think that um, pity things you know like little petty more surface area stuff arises a lot in youth groups and things like that
1: uh, and like dating is a common ground for that because you have friends like it up against each other everyone's dating everyone and then it right. just kind of like forms you know different groups based on
0: yeah based on uh just like different interests and then based on like different um maybe like combative social stances and stuff like that so let's go this route. What causes church cliques? Well, okay, so the more specific, what causes bad church cliques and what is a bad church click versus a like a good group, a healthy group of people versus a, a bad church click?
1: I think for starters, a lot of unnecessary drama.
0: Okay. What does that look like?
1: Well, specifically for like youth groups, like I was saying, like people dating and like things get hairy and stuff. I think a lot of that also carries on into adulthood.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I think exclusion would be the big one, you know. And you can look at that a lot of different ways. What is exclusion? Well, maybe it's just um, turning your nose up at a certain group of people. You know, there are people that you meet in church who, no matter what you try to do to reach out to them, they all you'll get is a all you will get is a cold shoulder from them. It's will Yeah, and they have their little group of people that they'll talk to and commune with. Some of these people, you know, maybe um, these may be people that. Their job should be to engage with people, but all you get from them is the cold shoulder. And and I understand, maybe you're not their cup of tea. Maybe you don't have to get along with everyone in this world. That's not required. It's not required that every person you have to like, I guess it is required to get along with, but not really to, to like, you know? Some people you can just walk away from, but there has to be like cordiality there, you know?
1: Well, like and- specifically within church, like sometimes I think church, is the worst at clicks and groups and stuff because if you have a new church member who may be a new Christian like a baby Christian or whatever and like you know has a rougher history and is like going through some things and sometimes i think Christians have the holier than thou mentality and they oh, yeah. won't allow outsiders or people different from them like a lot of times people or a lot of times Christians show off and pretend that they had their life together. And if somebody new is trying to get their life together, sometimes I think we shun them away because we feel like they have to be perfect before they come into our group.
0: Right. I'm going to read real quick from James. James uh, 2, 1 through 13. I'm not exactly sure how far we're going to go with this. Probably not all the way to 13. It says, My brothers show no partiality. As you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, for if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly and a poor man in shabby clothes also comes in, and if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in the good place while you say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit at my feet, uh, have you not then made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and ears of the kingdom? Um, which he has promised to those who love him. So, I mean, even in James, it's talking about, it's addressing church cliques. This has been an issue within church a long time because, uh, and I think it's so prominent in church, or I guess maybe not even prominent. I think cliques are prominent everywhere. Workplace, schools, uh, home settings, um, friend circles, churches, you know, the Boy Scouts, or just the Scouts now. I'm sorry, they dropped the name Boy. Um mm-hmm. Or the Girl Scouts, they kept their name. Uh, or, you know, whatever group you're in, I think cliques are a part of it. Uh, because people have a tendency to be more intro, uh, or not introverted, not introspective, more um, inwardly focused on, like, their little group. But I think it's so um, noticeable in churches, because churches are supposed to be an inclusive group. If there was a group on the face of the earth that was supposed to be inclusive, it's churches. That was Jesus' whole uh, his whole preach base was, was, you know, go and love the sinner, you know, and go and make uh, disciples of all nations, baptizing them all in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There was no segregation of Jew versus Gentile anymore. There was no segregation of uh, sinner and saint, uh, or Pharisee, Sadducee, or just a normal person, you know. It was... It was inclusive. Everything was come into the name of the Father and be set free no matter what you've done, no matter who you are, no matter where you've been. And so I think whenever church cliques form within a body, it's very noticeable because they are supposed to be uh, accepting, but they end up becoming, um, I guess, kind of like, privatized or a bit well even ex- sometimes yeah, like
1: exclusive i don't think I'll, it's on purpose every like i don't think a lot of times people are like hey we're going to isolate ourselves we're not going to include these people but i think kind of what you were saying earlier about if is like if you have past with like a history with somebody and you have you share personal past experiences and then a new person comes in sometimes it's hard to invite that person oh, yeah. because they don't have the History. There's no history, yeah. yeah, and so inevitably, I think sometimes we create clicks without even realizing it.
0: I agree, and I think we need to touch on that a little bit. But uh, I want to I want to get to that of like how can we help with with clicks in general. But um, I want to go back to the fact that church clicks are one of the lead causes for driving new Christians away from church, or driving old like driving people in general away from church. Church clicks are one of the main things. And that is because there's this terrible feeling whenever you feel like you're an outsider, especially whenever you feel like an outsider in a place where you feel like you should belong. A church, you know, church uses the word family, and it, a church literally is, you know, biblically is family. It is, a, it is a group, a congregation of fellow believers. These are people like you who have been through struggles and who should be able to uplift you and, and people you can learn from and people that can learn from you. Whenever you feel like an outsider in an inside group, it's, it's really strange. And I think a lot of the problem with church cliques also boils down to a whole other conversation of gossip. Because church cliques may not um, always be this way. I know a lot of times cliques are kind of a, like the people within the clique don't even notice they're part of it. But from an outsider's perspective, it's kind of like... Um, a bunch of people wearing a red shirt don't notice they're all wearing a red shirt, but you're sitting on the back row. Oh wow. Everyone got the memo to wear red today, except me. And it's just like one of those observations. It's easier seen from the outside, I think, but gossip and church clicks go hand in hand. Uh, And this goes all the way up the ladder. You know, I like to use the phrase, if a church member is talking about someone behind their back, it's gossip. But if it's a, someone in a pastoral position, it's, it's tending the flock and I think gossiping is, is, a, is a universal problem within church because you have a bunch of people who have been through stuff, but you have these people over here who have maybe not been— maybe this person over here wasn't a drug addict, and this person over here didn't um, didn't have an affair, and this person over here didn't have their husband walk out on them, and this person over here— maybe had a past with alcoholism. This person over here just grew up in church and didn't really have too much while this person was struggling with pornography. There's a lot of different facets to you know the past of people. And whenever you put them all in a room together, I think you know the person over here who may have struggled with problem B uh, doesn't see their problem as bad as C or D and is gossiping about the person who still might be struggling with E because they're not sanctified the way quote-unquote, they are, you know. Gossip plays a huge part in church cliques, and I think that's probably even more so the main deterrent, is not only are these cliques existent, not only is it hard for someone to break into these things, have to bust into these, these, these segregated parts of the church, um, it's once they get there, they realize, like, people are being talked about, and if people are being talked about within that group, what are they saying whenever you walk away, you know? I mean, I've thought that before. I've been in a group of people where they've just been ragging, you know, in church, ragging on folks. And uh, I'm not going to say I haven't, you know, I'm, I've been guilty of that too. But there came this point where I realized, like, wait a second, if this is what so-and-so is saying about so-and-so to me, what are they saying about me to so-and-so when I'm not around? And, and that is kind of the part where you look back and say, wait a second, if we're supposed to be together, why are we pitting everyone against each other?
1: When I think a lot of Christians and churches have a bad rep of disguising gossip as prayer. Oh, yeah. Because when you say, oh, bless their heart, or I'll pray for you, like, it's very condescending, and you're not actually praying for that person or wishing blessings upon that person in actuality. You're just talking about that person.
0: Right, yeah, I've heard that before. It's like, hey, uh, can you pray for so-and-so? And they're like, yeah, sure, what's up? And then you're like, well, let me just tell you what they got going on, and— the whole "let me pray for you" is just a backdoor to start talking about because we can use these Christian terms to disguise, um, disguise our gossip. You know, to put lipstick on the pig, uh, to use a, a a very old adage. I think that that is a cancer in a church because the church is already has a problem with being inwardly focused. You know, right now. Um, and this is a topic that I'm going to touch on in the future. So this can be the transitional piece when we talk future. This will kind of transition into that. But churches have this huge inward focus right now. Uh, and I'm not saying churches aren't doing good. There's a lot of churches doing a lot of amazing things outside of the walls. But a lot of churches are empire-building churches. Um, and I think a lot of times it would do good if churches would just knock down their walls and hold service in the parking lot. But all that is, that's a whole other conversation for day. The reason I say that is if churches are already having a problem being contained in their four walls using their four walls as their little fortress for clicks to be putting up these other walls then you have this labyrinth this maze this emotional maze people have to get through and they're trying to find the cheese at the end of the maze like the lab rat and they realize they just get lost in the mix in, in the midst of it and they forget what they're pursuing and every turn either equals a loop back or a dead end and there's just there's not this progress made and these clicks are literally causing people to run circles where people are coming in and out of them and they just they get lost their personalities get lost in the mix this has happened to me on a personal level i've been so involved in trying to fit in with groups at churches that i lost who i was on an authentic level i forgot who God created me to be in the effort to become something else that I wasn't to appease this group of people, you know, to be a part of this group of people because people want to feel a part, and it's a church's job to make sure that everyone feels a part. Yes, there are people that I don't get along with as well. There are people's personalities that just annoy me. I'm super introverted by nature. I've had to learn to be extroverted because of being a pastor and having a pastoral role, but naturally I'm an introvert. Elaine, you're an introvert too. And uh, sometimes it's emotionally draining whenever you get these super extroverts that just want to talk and talk and talk. And I'm just over here like, please. Like I have, I'm all game for talking, but I have like, you know, X amount of energy to give out and Sunday mornings deplete all of it. And I have to go and recharge, you know, catch me at a later date this week so we can have coffee and talk it over and we can discuss. But it's my job um, to say, hey, like, I understand you want to talk about this. Catch me at a time whenever I don't have some other stuff on your my, my mind, and I'm going to give you this a lot of time, and I'm going to to make an effort to connect with this person. It may not be something you, someone you hang out with or talk to on a daily basis, but you can give them uh, an hour of your time to catch up with them. If they're seeking you out, maybe they need to something from you. Maybe they are uh, desiring a relationship with you, and... And while you may be very different personality, it's still my job as an introvert to say, hey, you know what? I am going to give you some of this energy that, you know, this limited energy I have, I'm going to use some of that to get to know you and break down this barrier. And at the same time, it's that person's job to respect those, to respect me as a person and to, to work mutually in that. And I think church clicks, too many of them are are wearing feelings on their sleeves. And, and to touch on another topic, uh, church has become very focused, it's more like a country club of you pay your dues and then you get benefits and it's less about worshiping God and more about, uh, I guess like the worship of man on many different levels. Um, I'm not just talking about like a pastoral level or anything, but I think a lot of people believe like, you know, well, I, you know, I've heard this a lot. And like I said, this isn't this topic, but it's a topic coming up. Uh, well, I put the money out for, for this stage. So, uh, that's my stage. And, you know, you're at, you know, the way you do things isn't going to work because, you know, I'm the one that put this money out there and I, I'm sitting here like, I don't even like, you know, you just started showing back up here like, you know, a year ago. And so I think like this, this, uh, attitude people carry is so Focused on what they want, the self fulfilling, the selfish. So
1: it's like instant gratification, right?
0: And it's a selfish gratification, and they're looking for a group of people they can get together. It's like if I talk about so and so, then they're going to boost me up, and it's going to give me a morale boost, and I can walk out of here with a little more pride. And going to church is less about praising God and more about gaining just looking pride. good, <laughs> right? Uh, just gaining pride for ourselves. Sometimes you know that's a that's a big error that we have to be careful for for sure. Do you have any experience with church clicks?
1: Directly, not necessarily. Like I had perceived like a church click against me whenever I first started going to youth group, whenever I was in like eighth grade because a lot of stuff had happened at school and like I started going to this church and a lot of the people that were involved with all the stuff that I was going through actually went to the church. And so I thought these people were talking about me and discussing you know what what was going on and gossiping on all, all this stuff but then i later like became friends with these people and they weren't talking about me until like i misperceived it but directly i haven't like actually had a church click like against me
0: but if, you've it, witnessed them in church. yeah
1: I've, I've seen them and i've seen church clicks against other people
0: well and you typically kind of like play the sideline anyway, and so you typically don't get drug into a lot of church drama uh, because you just don't allow yourself to be. But I know I've been in the heart of a lot of it, and it's messy. This whole like nature of only focusing on your little group of people uh, is a big reason that people are walking away from church and saying, I don't want to be a part of this, because if it's a group of people that's supposed to be inclusive, why are they being so exclusive? And I think people attribute to that a lot of um the terminology and all of the introspective things because we want to sound holy. So we use big holy jargon to try to, you know, appease our spiritual friends. We want to look spiritual to other people around us in the church. And sometimes it can become a, a gawk fest at who looks more spiritual. That's exactly what the Pharisees did. But I think that we've got to definitely do something about them because people are going to keep walking away from church because of these clicks yes' you're going to read
1: there's actually this quote um that says like I like your Christ I do not like your Christians your Christians are so unlike your Christ and I think a lot of people are are walking away from church whether they're new Christians or skeptical Christians or whatever because they hear one thing of like Jesus being inviting and welcoming and saying like you're you belong here you're welcomed you're you have worth, and then you see these people who claim to be following Jesus, and they're the complete opposite. Like, they are not inviting, they're not welcoming, and I think that just kind of goes along with what you were talking about, about being inward-focused.
0: So, with all that being said, um, let's talk for a minute about how to catch yourself if you find yourself being, like, what what does it look like? to be in a church clique, and how do you get out of that? And I think personally the big one you can watch for is what are they saying about other people, not people you actively see? Because like I said, it's not a problem to have a group of people that hang out together, but I think how to recognize a clique is to hear them talk, how they talk about those other people. Are these other people being praised for what they're doing? Are they being talked about positively or curiously? Are they having negative things to say, or is it more negative based? Because that's a good way to identify: am I in a click, or that's a click of people in a church?
1: I think that if you hear people gossiping about somebody else that's not in the click, or even within the click, behind their backs and stuff, and you are involved with these people and constantly hang out with these people, and you start seeing this, like if you are in that so-called click, like you need to bring that up to these other people because like I said sometimes people don't realize that they're being gossipy or that they're being clicky and aren't doing it on purpose and so I think sometimes if you address it and say hey I don't think we should be saying this or why don't we look at the good things this person has done I think that's one of the steps of admitting like hey we have become clicky we've been become gossipy yeah
0: just taking it straight to like shutting it down before it ever gets going, yeah. that's a big thing. Is is instead of feeding the fire that creates these things, shutting it down, saying you know what, no, we're not gonna, let's not you know talk about this person. Or if someone's like, hey, did you see how so and so was praising in church today? Like that's obviously just for attention. To be like, you know, well, I th- you know they could be going through a really hard time right now. Like maybe they were really, really passionate about something. Maybe they really have something on their heart, or maybe, maybe they're not. um Getting the attention that they need as an individual. Maybe we need to go and, and talk to these people and get to know them because maybe they're trying to act out because they're wanting human interaction. You know, like try to shut that down before and, and try to be devil's advocate. It's the wrong word, but um, or the wrong phrase. But uh, try to to maybe see it from an outsider's perspective or try to get a different perspective on it and. And close down the the gossip before it starts because I think a lot of times people don't realize they're gossiping. Mm. I think you said that earlier. Uh, people don't realize that they are trying to say this. It's to them, it's it's general conversation or it's something that annoyed them. And I think anyone uh, can attest to sometimes people just annoy you. People do things that annoy you, and I'm probably get annoyed more than a lot of people. Like people do things that annoy me, and a lot of times I just want to vent. And so I start venting, and then I need to realize, like, uh, maybe I don't need to be talking like this. I don't understand what they had going on, so why am I so quick to judge that? And just shutting that that door down will kind of naturally bust up the inward focus of a click and start saying, you know what, hey, let's start focusing more outwardly. But then there's the trouble of what if you are the one on the outside? How do you approach a clique? How do you know? Sometimes you ever get, you know, like those vibes, like you just know people are like talking about you. And I'm not trying to like lead to paranoia. Like I'm not saying that, but there are times like you notice when you walk into a room, there's a group of people that just eyeball you. Like, you know, especially like if you're in leadership and stuff like that, where things can get a little more hostile, because let's just be honest, leadership's a hostile environment in a lot of churches. Uh, or it, it can be, you know, because it's people and and they have to work with each other and you're mixing like spiritual and work environment and it can get just it can get messy. And uh when you walk into a room, you know, a lot of times you know people are looking at you like uh they have thoughts, you know? And uh and you gotta try to figure out how to approach this situation to and yeah, you can do the whole thing where you're like, eh, I'm not going to let it bother me. And that and that works sometimes. Sometimes it's good just to let things go. But sooner or later, for the health of the church, it has to be addressed. The click has to be addressed. And I think um, you have the obligation to go to someone, someone higher up and say, hey, this is going on and this needs to be addressed. And if it's not addressed, then... I don't think there's anything wrong with going to that person and addressing it. I mean, the biblical way is to go to them first and say, hey, I had this problem. If it keeps going on, you know, maybe they're being complete snobs to you or whatever. Uh, If it keeps happening, then to go to someone else in the church who's a higher up and bring them with you and all of you sit down and go together. And then if that doesn't work, then you have the right to think through. And like, what do I need to do here? You know, is it my time to move on? Is it my time to... You know, like, where am I not fitting in? Because a church that's not willing to correct uh, an a, 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 a exclusive behavior is probably going to be an exclusive church. It's not going to be an inclusive church, and that can lead to hurt people.
1: So you said that you have been on the opposite end of church cliques and stuff. So how did you go about it? How did you address the issue?
0: Um, I've done it a couple different ways, more wrong probably than right. Uh, it's easy, Uh, and like I said, um, like if you listen to this podcast at all, you know this. But, uh, you know, I've served in leadership in church for years, been on pastoral staff for years in churches until recently, and and outside of just the churches that I've served in recently, you know, back to serving in youth and then traveling and doing music and stuff. So I was in like a lot of church leadership. I guess, areas in my life and like I feel like I've been in a lot more than most people my age have, I guess. Like I've had the opportunity to serve at a lot of different places. And uh I see it a lot and sometimes I've been part of it. Um sometimes I have been the one contributing because I have a tendency to to get on something and obsess over it and I have a tendency to to um to not very easily let something out of my head. And so there have been definite times that I've been a part of a group and saw someone else that I just saw as a burden to me, to my emotional state or what have you, Then I've just been a completely exclusive person. Um, As I've gotten older, I've learned to kind of catch myself in those situations to the best I can and realize, and like the biggest thing for me on a personal level is to not just focus on how I felt about a person or a circumstance or an action, but to try to approach it from the other person's point of view as well of like, if they may have committed an action that you found questionable, well, not just judge them for the action, but to say like, well, what may have caused them to lead to that action? What are they going through? And then even approach it from an outsider's perspective of like, well, how does this, how does this look outside of just the way I see it? How does this look to someone else? Um, from a third party perspective, or maybe it's just like a person's typical behavior attitude or, or personality, you know, just to, uh, to view things from an outsider's perspective has been huge to me to not only separate myself from clicks, but to help stop clicks from forming. And I'm not going to say I haven't pissed people off in the process. Sometimes whenever you have to step, step back on that and, and, you know, put your foot down and say, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to talk about that person or whatever. It can make people uncomfortable. Um, it can put people on the defense where they realize that they're in the wrong too, and they start trying to backtrack and, and that's okay. Like, I'm not sitting there saying like, I'm just going to start calling them out if they do that. Uh, I think it's just, it's, it's a chain reaction. It's kind of a domino effect if they see you doing it and they realize, you know what, this person's not going to be the person that's going to gossip or maybe they realize they're gossiping in the first place, and it stops, and that's a good way to stop the church click. Now, from the outside looking in, now uh, I feel like I've been on this end more. Of I've been on the outside of a church click, looking in at one, and I've been viciously attacked um, from from like clicks within churches, and uh, who felt that I wasn't living up to to my end of the, of the deal or or whatever, you know, like I wasn't being who I should be. And for one, I think it's important to to realize, like, even in those situations for me to see, like, have I wronged these people in a certain way? Like, what is their view? Why are they attacking me? Like to try to look past even myself, even though I'm the one being attacked, it's still good to, um, to, or, or maybe just not even attacked, maybe just separated or segregated, like to view them and say, well, what is it about me that these people aren't wanting to be a part of? But even more so, it's important to address them and say, you know, hey, this is how I feel. I feel like I'm being separated or I feel like I'm being attacked. And if nothing comes of that, then to say, hey, you know, what you're doing isn't right. And let's sit down and talk this talk this out. And if they're not willing to do that, then, you know, go to a higher power. If the higher power is not willing to do anything with it, then maybe it's just time for you to move on to find somewhere that is going to take care of this Uh, because clicks hurt. Um, Feeling left out hurts Uh, even more so feeling like you're being attacked while being left out. You know, you're kind of the – sometimes clicks can feel like Have you ever watched one of those videos of lions hunting and they're chasing the herd of buffalo and you just happen to be the one that was grazing a little longer and look up and then wham, you're on the ground getting eaten and mauled and you're like, what happened? I was just eating grass and like you don't even know what happened to you. And sometimes church clicks can feel like that.
1: You're just eating grass. (laughs) And then
0: all of a sudden you're on the ground being torn to pieces. Yes, (laughs) I understand that sounds super violent, but that's how it, it can be that way. Um, but I think just realizing like, it's okay to, to, uh, to address the situation. You don't have to, and I think not only is it okay, I think that it is, um, favorable to address the situation because we have got to stop the church clickiness.
1: Well, and especially if they don't know that they're doing it.
0: Right. Or if they do know they're doing it. E- either way, like we have got to address it and, and like I said, don't, just come in hostile because then you're not helping the situation. Come in with an open mind and an open perspective and try to mutually understand the group um, and just uh, try to defuse the situation before it grows. But then, if it does grow and gets more hostiles, and like, you know, take the next preventative action. But the more of these cliques that are forming, the more of these things that are happening, the more it's going to keep driving people away, you know, the more walls you have up. Yes, some people are going to get lost in the maze, lost in the labyrinth, which from a church numbers perspective looks good because a bunch of people wandering around and they're looking for something, uh, which puts more butts in the seats. It keeps more people coming back and more people involved, uh, but they're not fulfilled. They're not receiving uh, because they're being, you know, they're lost in this emotional maze. But on the outside... A lot of people kind of step foot in the door and say, "Whoa, there's way too many walls up in this place. There's too many barriers. Uh, I don't even. I'm in way over my head. You know, this isn't the place I thought it was." And they just walk out and leave. And the 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 sad truth is, a lot of times, uh, someone can go to a church, they see this behavior, and they walk out and they say, "You know what? Like, I don't want a part of that." And they say that, like, you know, they see it as if this place is like that, then that religion is like this. Or, you know, that's how Jesus is. And so people walk in there with this one this one view. And before you realize it, like, they're gone. And it's because they, they saw this mess that looked so much unlike the Savior that was talked about, the Savior that is supposed to be. And we've got to do everything we can to to mimic Christ but mimicking Christ is not mimicking like this modern christianity we see mimicking Christ is so much more it's it's loving the prostitute it's counseling the drug addict it is forgiving the the adulterer it's trying to be inclusive and and I'm not telling you if you're a someone who just got cheated on like that's not that may not be your place to try to love them through it. It may be, you know, their counseling of, you know, their their group or their fellow brothers and sisters or whatever. If you're a wife who just got cheated on by her husband, like I don't think it's your job because I think that there's too much damage there. There has to be counseling and all that involved. Like that's just that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it's the church's job to love. It's to go out and to love, uh, to show the love of Christ the way Christ showed His love to the Samaritan woman at the well who he wasn't even supposed to be talking to according to culture or the prostitute who he drew the line in the sand and said, you who are without uh, sin may cast the first stone and then looked up and all of them were gone. And he was like, where are your accusers now? That's the church's job is to show love to those who feel they're unlovable, not to show separatism to those who already don't belong. Because those people are going to go out to a world that's preaching inclusiveness right now. The uh, You know, Satan manipulates everything that God creates. And right now, um, inclusiveness is the message that's being shoved down everyone's throat. You can't be gender-specific. You can't be this. You can't be that. Because inclusiveness, you know, like we, it kind of touches back on... Um, I randomly said this earlier, not realizing I was going to tie back into it at all, but the Boy Scouts dropped their name, Boy, from Scouts USA. Uh, So now you have Cub Scouts, and then from like, what, 11 to 17 or whatever, you have the Scouts USA, or Scouts USA, or whatever it is, or just the Scouts, because they're inclusive. And of course, the Girl Scouts are like, we're Girl Scouts, like, we're not going to change that or whatever. And and you have this inclusiveness being preached while you have a church who looks exclusive. And so people who want to be a part of of something, who want to see love and go to this place, it's like, if Christianity is supposed to be love, then I'm going to go here. They go there and realize like there's so many barriers to get in. They're going to go out to a world that's been manipulated and is manipulating this, this idea of inclusiveness that's just being kind of tossed out there. And they're like, hey, I'm going to fit in here no matter what. The problem is when they go out there to fit in, they're not pursuing a better lifestyle. They're just accepting their demons and their baggage they have. And there is no freedom in that. It's only accepting the bondage. It's kind of like a prisoner who was promised freedom if he would do this one action and then realizing that there were so many more strings attached and then... uh, instead just accepting his baggage. And that's what the modern message of inclusiveness is, is you have a church who says, oh, you can have true freedom, but then you get there and there's so many strings attached to it. And then there's this uh, group of people out there saying, hey, you know, we're inclusive and just accept your baggage and come hang out with us. And it leads to damaged people who aren't even willing to seek after freedom.
1: And so I think that we... As Christians need to look at that and recognize what a clique is, how it forms, what gossip looks like, and just be aware of our surroundings, whether we we realize that we're in a clique or that there are cliques around us and just really, you know, focus on being inclusive with everybody and allowing people to hang out with us even if they look different or have a different past or have a different story. And as Christians, like, that is our number one, or our number one thing is to love Jesus. But our second commandment is that we are supposed to love each other. And when we form our cliques, I think a lot of times that's why church hurt and God hurt. People see it as the same thing.
0: Yeah. And, and that's biblical. It's uh love Jesus and love your neighbor and everything else will come naturally. All the other commandments will be fulfilled In those two, it's loving Christ and loving your neighbor as yourself. And that's, yeah, and it's Mark 12, 30 through 31. Love, your, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There are no commandments greater than these. And if we can do that, we can start being an inclusive uh, group again and start opening the doors back up to all these people who are hurting but with that i think we've said enough so we're gonna go ahead and close out this episode as always you can find us on facebook facebook.com forward slash the reckless pursuit podcast twitter uh twitter.com forward slash underscore trp podcast you can find us online at TheRecklessPursuit.com. Drop us an email there. Send us a voicemail. Say hi. And please, if you enjoyed this episode, take a moment and click the subscribe button. It means a lot to us. And as always, thanks for listening. Be brave. Be bold. And be be reckless. reckless. We'll talk soon, guys. This week's episode is brought to you by Cedar Temple Trade Company. Cedar Temple is an apparel and home goods line on a mission to bring curiosity back to the word of Christ with fresh, modern designs. They desire to not just spread the word, but to look good doing it. Their shirts are some of the most comfortable tees you could wear, and they're constantly adding new products and designs to the mix. Oh, and did I mention that Cedar Temple is actually Elaine's and my very own brand? Yeah, that's right. When you order from Cedar Temple... You're helping Elaine and I do what we love and continue in our very own reckless pursuit.
1: Because we are so thankful for all of you who take the time to listen to our show, Cedar Temple is offering a 20% discount on any single item you purchase. Head over to cedartemple.com and use offer code TRPPODCAST in all caps at checkout. That's T-R-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T all caps at cedartemple.com. Now, go inspire.
0: Everything, it was strictly include...